When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yes, Rush Nation, that background noise you can hear is Rich King back in the building. Kingy, thanks for hopping on again for Murph, who is still on sabbatical. How are you doing, man? Um, I'm good, yes. Good, good, to be on, uh, good to be on twice. Murph says he's on sabbatical, but we all just know he's on holiday, really. Somewhere warm, hopefully. I hope so. <laughs> so well you say twice this is you know this could be the beginning of well if Murph's away for three four weeks you're going to be here a whole lot this is the thing I'm, I'm just hoping I can eventually just oust him um, well just... look you know I am a Murph truther so you've got some work to do but the uh, and to be fair your kind comments on the Elliot Chris podcast the other day certainly helped with you wanting to just listen rather than partake well that's that's good because I was, I was worried that you were going to say hmm, he's not even adding anything off he goes no, no, you know, I'll give you a chance. Everyone gets a second chance. So, in today's uh, ADP show, you better buck up your ideas, pal. That's all I'm going to say. No, I'm only joking, of course, Rich. Right, Rush Nation, mentioned it before. The FFCC is filling up quick. Head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk, fill in your entry form, and then you'll get the invitation via email. We'd love to have you on board. Cannot wait for that to begin. It's going to be a great best ball, 256 team, winner takes all tournament format. Can't wait for that. And more excitingly, me and Murph have got separate teams for once because we felt that we'd have a better chance of winning if there's 256 people involved. So, And now Rich has signed up as well, so that is good news for everybody. Hey, Rich. I have. Well, as, as I said, I, I needed to get some goodwill on, you know, on my side, so I thought you know, you've told me that I needed to, uh, to sign up, so I immediately went away and did it. Good. I'm impressed. I am impressed. So, Rush Nation, Murph's not here, obviously. Uh, I'll let you know when I know he, I've heard from him but at the moment he's somewhere in a Buddhist temple I imagine doing some sort of feng shui and has dropped his phone in the deepest darkest well available so when I hear from him you'll hear from him but until then it's me and Rich and I imagine you're enjoying it just as much we're going to do some news and then Rich and I are going to run through players that we do not like at their current ADP position uh, Rich where did you get your ADPs from? Um, I got them from Fantasy Football Calculator as did I perfect perfect we're symbiotic already, let's just say that. So, 
Let's let's start with some news. I don't know if you've got any news in front of you, Rich, but we might as well start with the GOAT, Tom Brady, signing a new contract extension over in New England. Uh, lifted his salary from $15 million to $23 million, two-year deal. They're just going to keep playing until they win 5 and 12 in a row or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think... I think this is inevitably that you know they're starting to look at Tom Brady's retirement plan. I mean, I actually read on Twitter as well that he's, what, you know, they've put one of the houses on the market or something in Boston. So it looks it looks like he, you know, he's certainly on his in his swan song of his career. And this, I mean, this it helps the team because I think it actually, while it raises his salary, I think it freed up some some cap room as well. So so yeah, it seems like a win win for everyone really. Yeah, unless you're only in fantasy and he's probably going to be even worse than he was last year just because he's getting older and father time is slowly easing away. Yeah, I mean, even though that avocado ice cream and all of that stuff, you know, it's, it's not going to... Oh, it might I, prevent it, but... No, avocado ice, thing, ice cream cannot be a thing. I've had it, We tried to make avocado chocolate mousse when we were trying to be really healthy and it's just mousse that tastes like avocado. There's no chocolate involved. It's just a huge lie. No, no, that's not true because me and my wife made uh, chocolate avocado mix and it was absolutely delicious. So you're clearly not doing it right. I'll send you a recipe. Oh, well, I appreciate that. I'm, you know, I wasn't saying that it's not right at all, but mine was terrible. But you send me that recipe and uh, maybe next week I'll let Rush Nation know how it was. But we'll save that for the avocado podcast. <laughs> Let's head over to uh, Kansas City with Williams out with a hamstring injury. Hyde is taking advantage of reps. Chiefs coach Andy Reid reportedly you know, he's a bit frustrated. He's quoted, he's missed quite a bit. He's missed a lot of plays and it's been great for the other guys. And one of those was Carlos Hyde, who he said, Carlos has done a really nice job. He's getting a lot of reps and he's taken advantage of them. Do you think there's anything in this, Rich? Or do you think it's just sit him out while he's got a bit of a hammy tweak? I I, actually, I, I really like Carlos Hyde for this year, um, mainly because I want the, car, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs running back. And I think... When we did a mock draft with Ben, I convinced everyone that we needed to take Carlos Hyde because I wasn't convinced with Damian Williams being able to handle that workload. Yep. We're already in training camp and it seems as though he's struggling. So I, I think it's a bit of posturing, like, hey man, get back on the field. But at the same time, you've got to try and take that value. And I think if Carlos Hyde has a chance of getting that job, then I would certainly be drafting him in those middle rounds. Interesting. So we should do a, we should do a, a who or Carlos Hyde. You know, if he was, if he was to get the job, like where are you talking? Sort of around the Tariq Cohen, James White, Darius Geis range, or slightly later. If if he if he's been if we know that he's the starting running back. Oh mate, no. If he's the starting running back over in Kansas, we're talking first few rounds, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah That's so what I was going to ask. I was thinking if there's if there's discrepancy as to who is going to be the starter, where, where do you think he should go then? Uh yeah, I'd I'd say round um yeah maybe kind of like round seven that kind of like feels where I've kind of you know where you know the studs have gone you've started getting some of the like the timeshare backs because the thing is Kansas City they don't really operate a timeshare it tends to be that they just give one guy the job yeah. so you know I'd maybe yeah maybe seventh round is kind of where I'd be thinking um that's just the top of my head. Yeah, that's fair. So currently, Lamar Miller is 70th overall, so that's a little early. I mean, Rashad Penny, Miles Sanders are 76 and 77. Are you gonna? Would you take him over both of those? Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I would easily because um, Lamar, Lamar Miller is you know he, that's a good offense. But Rashad Rashad Penny again, you know, there's going to be a lot of attempts in Seattle, but I just think Kansas City that offense is potent, and we've got a long, long history of. Um, of Andy Reid, you know, being really good with running backs. It's actually one of the major factors that I wrote about in my article. So I think that was my first article for FF Statistics. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll retweet it with this news coming up. So maybe just keep an eye on my Twitter and you'll be able to read it. Perfect. Well, we'll t- we'll, we will retweet that out. Let's go over to Antonio Brown's current foot injury. People are saying it shouldn't keep him off the practice field for long. After visiting a foot specialist on Saturday, the Raiders wide receivers considered day-to-day. And uh, that was by an NFL Network insider who told Ian Rappaport. I mean, I don't think this is anything to... I just think he's picked up a slight knock and he's gone to see a specialist to make sure it isn't anything bad by the sounds of it. Yeah, I mean, did you actually... Did you see the picture of his feet? I haven't seen a picture of his feet. Congratulations, do not search it. Um, if my feet were in that state, I'd, I'd have seen a specialist a long time before. But yeah, I, I don't think it's anything too serious. I mean... Yeah. Antonio Brown's that type of player who he does he really need the practice? Probably not. I mean, yeah, he's in a new system, but 
he is that elite that if you just said this is the route to run, then he would just run it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Oh, the Broncos. They've gone and signed Theo Riddick. I don't know how I feel about this. I think Devontae Booker's time is probably over. And I mean, Devontae Booker got 50 catches last year in Theo Riddick. He's a good pass blocker, but he's also got a good catcher out of the backfield, third down back, sort of change of pace guy. And I think that sort of maybe slightly eats into Philip Lindsay's work. Yeah, I mean, I think this, this affects Lindsay much more than it affect, affects Freeman. I mean, Lindsay was really good last season, but that was with a different coach. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think that I, I think the theoretic would definitely eat into that um, that that workload for Lindsay in their passing game. I think I think over the last couple of seasons, theoretic hasn't been out targeted at the running back position. Don't quote me on that, but I think I think that's that's true. In which case. I'm probably going to be staying off Lindsay at his ADP because I think he's is he back at the fourth round now, or is he? Uh, let me just mid fifth, four o five. Yep. So yeah, that's that seems to me a bit a bit too high. I think with that that potential risk, I mean, I'd much prefer a guy like David Montgomery who is just going to be the lead back in a effectively a Kansas City offense. Phil Dawson has retired. That's a shame. I've just seen that on uh, NFL.com. So we'll carry on with other news. The Texans. I mean, is that is that a kicker? He is a kicker. Good knowledge. Let's just move on then. <laughs> well, kickers matter a smidge. Yeah, do they? Do they? Who knows? Who knows? So the Texans. We mentioned this earlier in the week. They've waived 2017 third round pick running back Donta Foreman. Apparently, I, when I first saw this, I thought, oh, he, maybe he's healed wrong and he's not as fit as they once hoped. But it's because of his work habits rather than uh, healing and. You think the only people on the squad are now Josh Ferguson, uh, Buddy Howe, and Taywan Jones, and then they picked up Demaria Crockett and Corinne Higdon Jr., who you might have seen on All or Nothing Michigan if you watch that. Your boy Lamar Miller, Rich, looking for an even bigger workload. Uh, I mean, that ADP is just gonna it's gonna skyrocket because there was a bit of a what what do we do with him? Because you know we had the threat of Foreman being there because he's looked effective, but if you just, I mean, just looking at his ADP, it's just, it's just having a massive uptick. I mean, it's, I don't know how much I'll be able to have him now because I think his ADP will probably get to a position where I'm not massively confident taking him. How much but, has it moved in the last couple of days? Um, so, on Fantasy Football Calculator, it's saying that in recent mock drafts, it's um, five eleven. Well, and, that's much earlier than it was. Yeah, and you think. Uh, I mean, what if we move back a month? Then he was six oh eight, like a whole round. In a so yeah, and that's just going to climb as <clears throat> as more and more people start drafting. And yeah, I, I just think that's going to climb. And I think it'll get to a point where I'm not going to take him as as much as I would have liked. Yeah, well, we've seen a we've uh, we've seen a holdout end this week. Uh, last week, I should say sorry, but it hasn't ended in the way that the guy would like. And that's Yannick Ngakwe over in the Jaguars. He's reported to camp without a new deal. And he said, well, at the end of the day, they had a chance to sign me for a long-term deal, but it didn't get done. So it is what it is. I'm just here. Like I said, I love football. I love my teammates and I'm here to play games. Do you think they end up, do you think they re-sign him or do you think he walks away at the end of the season? Mm, It's a difficult one really, because uh if there was any any team that could let a guy like him go, it would be the Jags because they just have so many defensive players. Um, I think they might re-sign him because obviously Calais Campbell isn't getting any younger um, and maybe try and back-end that contract so that they can keep the two of them. Um, but I mean, I, for me, I don't really like holdouts. I think, you know, get in the building and if you're not going to get signed by that team, then... You've not you've not got any character concerns raised against you for when you get out into free agency. So yeah. I generally think get into the building, show up for work, and and you'll the money will follow. No doubt. Let's move over to Miami. It looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to get the starters job. He got the uh, he's been told he's getting the start in the first preseason game, and I know that doesn't mean anything normally. But with the quarterback battle going on over there, I mean, if Lee was here, he could probably fill us in a little bit more. But I think Fitz is going to start the season, Rich. Yeah, I mean, I think he probably will. Uh, I mean, I think I'm really confused about what the Dolphins are trying to achieve this season, if I'm being totally honest, because are they going to suck and try and, uh, you know, do the whole tank tank for tour thing? Or are they going to be try and be competitive? Because I think if you're, if, if you're going to suck, then 
I would say maybe see what you've got in Rosen, put him in the shop window and see if you can actually flip him next year to a team like the Patriots for more than you paid for him. But that's never going to happen next year, is it, with the quality of players coming in at all offensive positions? Well, it could it could happen because he's a quarterback, but it's not going to happen if he sits on the bench because everyone's just going to re, re-watch his Cardinals tape and he's just not going to get any interest at all. I yeah, mean, no, that's fair. Because if you're if you're Miami this time next year, right? You're not you're not signing Fitzpatrick to a long term deal. So now, do I go and get rookie in tour when I'm not sure what I've got in Rosen? It's, it becomes it comes becomes difficult. And I think I read earlier as well that you know there's been all this Caden Balage hype because he seems to be having more snaps with the starters than Kenyon Drake and Mike Kaziki hasn't been running that many snaps at tight end with the firsts and. I think some of it is attitude and I think some of it is that, that coaching staff coming down from New England and saying, you know, you need to strap up or you're not playing. But I'm just I'm just confused with what Miami t- are trying to achieve. Yeah, no, for sure. It seems like they're trying to get the Patriot way down in, in uh, hard rock, doesn't it? I mean, but why you don't start your best players? I mean, Kenyon Drake is clearly, I think, a better runner than Caitlin Blage. Initially, I thought perhaps maybe they were just seeing what they had in Blage because they know what they've got in Drake. But it seems... I don't know. Maybe there's a bit more to it than just smoke at the moment. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, for these type of stories, until we actually start seeing some actual snaps of 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 these these guys in action, it's just going to be wild speculation. Which yep. um, which is great for guys like us. But uh, if you if you're drafting now, then it's Good certainly. Luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, I'm just uh, scanning down the news things now, and the, apparently Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton got into quite a heated training camp brawl today. Yeah, yes, Monday. So, good news over in Denver. That seems really strange because Emmanuel Sanders has always seemed a really calm influence to me. Yeah, I wonder if perhaps Cortland Sutton's now puffed his chest out, thinking he's the one. And Sanders has come back for one more season and think, hang on a minute, young buck, and maybe they've just got into, I don't know. Maybe he's just wearing a chain or something like that. So he just thought, I'll have that. Thanks. That's very true. He likes that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rich, have you got any more news or should we move on to the ADP? Uh, let's move on. Okay, cool. Would you like to go first or second? I will go second. Okay. So I have uh, on my list of four, we'll probably hopefully maybe do more, but I have a list of four. I've got two wide receivers, a tight end and a quarterback. I'm going to start a wide receiver and it's Andy Isabella. Now, Draft Darling ran a really quick 40. I can't even remember what it was, like a 4-3-1 or something like that. And his current ADP is 14.9. He's going as the 56th wide receiver off the board. The public really like rookie wide receivers. And I mean, in re- maybe in Dynasty, it's a good move, but redraft. You're talking about running backs get plugged in and they they just run forward. I mean, that's disrespectful to running backs, but that is essentially, they don't have to learn the intricacies and the timing with the quarterback and the routes and stuff like that. So when you think Cliff Kingsbury is going to run four wide, he should be on the field alongside Fitz, Kirk and Hakeem Butler. Plus you've got David Johnson probably being in the slot occasionally. I don't know if he's going to get on the field enough to make wide receiver 56 numbers whilst being the fourth target in Arizona. I think, I just think it's too much of a stretch at his current draft position. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd agree. I mean, I think, you know, as Elliot, Elliot said earlier in the week, um, it's it's all about opportunity yep. in the NFL. And as you say, I don't think he's going to get the opportunity. I think the reason why he gets those, um, you know, the reason why he's got that ADP is because it's it's always kind of sexy to, to draft a, a rookie wide receiver because you don't, you don't know what he's going to do. Um, I saw with John Ross, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. And if you're fast, everyone just kind of falls in love with that 40 and just thinks, oh, wow, he must just be an amazing player then. When really in the NFL, you're going up against cornerbacks who are really good, safeties who are really good, and the pass rush is just immense, which means the quarterback doesn't have the time to give you to, you know, get as far downfield. And I, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, you've got a rookie quarterback here, you've got a rookie wide receiver. Yeah, that offense might be good, but. Those two things to me just, they kind of put me off. Yeah, I mean, there's too many mouths to feed, really, isn't there? And then it's a bit of the same situation over in uh, Cleveland. They've got Baker Mayfield coming into year two, had a great year one. Odell Beckham's there now, Jarvis Landry, Rashad Higgins, Antonio Callaway, you've got Duke Johnson. 
and then David Njuka as well. I mean, they're all good players and they we should all get the ball, but it's not a Julio Jones target hog kind of thing. There's there's too many mouths to feed. And in fantasy, like you said, Elliot said, it's, it's opportunity and you need to be plugged into opportunity over over star power, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, you've got to remember as well, this Arizona team has Christian Kirk, it has Larry Fitzgerald, it has David Johnson. So in, in amongst that, I'd expect well over half of the targets to disappear amongst those three yeah so yeah I don't really want it well, good I'm glad you agree come on then let's see if I agree with your first one so my first one is Derek Henry now I I had this guy pegged as a I'm not going to draft him at this spot before you know all of this news about this boot um, but I just really I don't understand why there's so much um, why there's so much love for him yeah, he ended the season really well. That's why. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the thing. He, he ended the season really, really well. And everyone just assumes that he will get the job. And I think he will get the job because, you know, I think the the, the Titans, they kind of saw how, how to win was to lean on Henry in the run game and not give Marcus Mariota the ball to pass. Um, and I can't see that changing, even though they brought Ryan Tannehill in, who... I'm kind of confused about that signing, if I'm being totally honest. But Derek Henry's been drafted in the middle of the third round in half PPR leagues. And for a guy who has caught, you know, he's caught 39 passes in three years. Whoa, that's big. Yeah, I'm not wanting that. <laughs> no, no, yeah, he's sure. so game game script dependent. I mean, if the Titans if the Titans look like they're going to be in a close one, then yeah, I want to pick him up and I want to put him in my DFS lineup. But the Titans are going to be in a lot of negative game strip scripts, I think. And if that's the case, then Dion Lewis is going to be the guy that's been given the work and not Derek Henry. Yeah, and let's be fair: if Derek Henry is actually properly injured, as opposed to sort of a mystique injury like they're calling it at the moment, and he's not there for week one, Dion Lewis. He can be a three-down back. I mean, two years ago, Dion Lewis was the best player in fantasy for the last couple of weeks. He won your championships. So let's not forget how good he is. And his ADP is currently a huge value as opposed to um, Derek Henry's overcost, shall we say. Yeah, and, that's a, and if Derek Henry starts struggling, I mean, JJ hasn't been signed. And that's, you know, that, that type of running back would be perfect in Tennessee. Yeah, but then also you're talking opportunity and Tennessee, like you mentioned, are going to be behind in a lot of games, so they're not going to run it as much as high-powered offences are. So I, I I agree. I think Derek Henry, you're overpaying. I mean, who's he going around in, in half PPR? Like who's who? Okay, so so I'm giving you a decision now. So we've got um, just fine. So you've got Devonta Freeman is going at 3:08. Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, Mark Ingram, David Montgomery. Aaron Jones and Marlon Mack are going, and Fournette are going a few picks ahead of him. Where's Kerryon Johnson's ADP now? Uh, it's at the start of the third, and that's just going to climb as well. Yeah, that's a massive opportunity there now. But I think if you're talking Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, or who was the other one you said? Uh, let's Devon go. Freeman. Yeah, Devonta Freeman, yeah. Uh, Derek Henry's last. He's holding the ladder right up in those three. Just yeah, I mean, any. Opportunity. Yeah, I mean, and he, even like the guys at the top. You know, middle of the fourth round, like Mark Ingram, David Montgomery. I think I might prefer them to to Derek Henry because I just I know Mark Ingram can catch the ball, and I know David Montgomery can, and you know, Derek Henry just can't. And I think that that's that's for me the biggest question mark that I've got. If you if you tell me that the Titans are going to end the season with a winning record, then my concern kind of goes away. But I don't think they will. Yeah, I mean, we saw it with Jacksonville, didn't we? They wanted Leonard Fournette to be the war machine over there, and whilst he was fit, he was okay but they didn't have the pieces around him to, to expand on, on the role had it, did it, if it was to go wrong. And it did go wrong. And Jacksonville under Bortles were terrible. And, you know, Corey Davis hasn't yet proven to be the, the first-round talent he was. They drafted uh, Brown this year. Does that take away from Corey Davis? And then Mariota, you mentioned it. Tannehill, what the devil's going on over there? No one knows. So I don't, I don't want any of that. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, my next one is Calvin Ridley. ADP of 502, 20th wide receiver off the board. I didn't, when I saw this, I thought, what am I doing? Like, it was a bit shocking because the public, they tend to fade players who are up and down in production and Ridley was either really good or pretty poor last year. But 
he was a rookie, so there was going to be some volatility to what you know, it was going to be expected, increasing pass attempts, Matt Ryan and so forth. But because of the defensive injuries last year, I think maybe that pushed up how much work Ridley actually got. They were going to want to pay Julio Jones because he wants a new contract. So they're obviously going to throw him the ball a lot. He joked around that he's going to get, I think, 3,000 yards the other day. So let's be real. If you're joking about three, he's aiming for, well, he's aiming for two. Probably won't get there, but a sky-high aim. I think Ryan might throw a little bit more. And he scored 10 touchdowns last year. But I think with those 10 touchdowns, he finished as the wide receiver 20. So I think if Julio Jones stays healthy, Obviously, if Jones is injured, then Ridley automatically becomes a value at 502. But I think if Julio Jones stays healthy, you're overpaying in the fifth round for the 20th wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, I would, I tend to agree. I mean, I think he's got he's got massive touchdown upside, and I think that's that's the thing. Everyone kind of remembers those, you know, those performances where he scored two touchdowns and you know, had those big games where he just couldn't be stopped and. I think it was actually one game, might be against New Orleans, where they moved um, the leading cornerback off of Julio to put him on Calvin Ridley. So, I mean, Rid- Ridley is super talented, and that's the thing. Um, I think that yeah, there is that o- overvalue of um, of the of the Falcons thinking that they're going to be passing as many times as they did last season. But I think that that defense is going to take a step forward just just through health. Yeah, nothing, so, nothing else. Yeah, nothing else, just having the guys on the field. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, look, I'm just looking now at like, who's getting drafted around him. So you've got Tyler Boyd, Mike Williams, DJ Moore. Um, I think I prefer I think I'd prefer him over um, Moore, um, but I'd probably prefer Mike Williams and Tyler Boyd over Ridley. Yeah, I think you know I'm I'm a little unsure on Boyd with AJ Green being injured. I know most of his production was when uh, Andy Dalton was injured. Tyler Boyd's worst game, sorry, was when Andy Bo- uh, Dalton was injured. But I think I think DJ Moore is going to have a better season than Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I mean i I could see I could see that happening. I'm just for me, I'm not as sure on the Carolina offense as I am uh, Calvin Ridley. And in all fairness. Um, I'm not 100% sure on DJ Moore because I actually really quite like Curtis Samuel. Yeah, you're big on him, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm big on him. I mean, if you've seen his reception perception, red is bad, green is go. Calvin Ridd, you know, um, Curtis Samuel is a go. <laughs> not <laughs> a lot of red on his heat map. There's not a lot of red on that. Um, <laughs> and that is, you know, that is beaut. Um, if, 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 Cam, um, if Cam can stay healthy, then I think both of these guys are a bit of a go. But... Um, because I like Curtis Samuel so much, I'm a bit down on DJ Moore. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, Curtis Samuel's currently going as the 46th wide receiver off the board. So you could take Calvin Ridley and quite comfortably Curtis Samuel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I Yeah, I think we're sort of on the same page on that one. Your second one, Rich, where are you going with this? Um, I'm going to go... I'll stay with wide receiver. And I'm going to go uh, Chris Godwin. Now... Oh, Murph, if you're listening in that Mongolian hideaway, turn off now, brother. The the, re- the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm off him is because I think you're drafting him at the moment at his absolute ceiling. Now, I think that he will ultimately have a successful season. But in those in those like early-ish rounds, I mean, he's, he's, his ADP at the moment is back end of the fourth. And we're talking about wide receiver two on an offense that it will be passing the ball. But... You know, he is new. He's going to be new to this uh, Bruce Arians offense, and I'm just not. I'm just not sure if I want to draft him where where he is right now. I mean, the guys going around him, you've got Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods going four hundred five, four hundred seven. Uh, Kenny Galladay at a four four ten. AJ Green at four twelve, and then you've got Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, uh, start of the fifth. And I just, it's something about it, like I. I think he's talented, super talented, but I'm just I'm just worried about about drafting him at that ADP. It's the ADP that's that's the issue for me. If there's a round or two after, snap it off. But so, what's Calvin Ridley's current ADP on Fantasy Football Calculator? Because I don't have it in front of me. Five oh six. And Chris Godwin's was four eleven. So they were within a few picks of each other. 
Yeah. We've just both we've both picked the wide receiver two on high powered offenses in and what you would normally say with those kind of players is that's the kind of guys you want. But we're we're fading them ADP wise. Do you think we're both a little scared because of overpaying for the cost, maybe? It could be. I mean I mean in the Tampa offense, he could even be the third receiver. I mean, OJ Howard is effectively a receiver at tight end. Yeah. And that's and that's part of the issue as well. I think there's you know you've got Mike Evans who's going to be commanding a lot of targets. You've got Chris Godwin who is good, OJ Howard, and there's going to be you know a major you know a lot of receptions as well go to that running back position just as part of the offense. That's what they, that's what Arians likes to do. It's just it's more where he's going now. I think is his absolute ceiling. I'd much rather take a you know a guy who can finish as a wide receiver one like Robert Woods. He can finish as a you know wide receiver 10. Yeah. Well, I think you take any three of the Rams, all three of the Rams receivers could end up as a wide receiver one. And that's the thing. I'd much rather take a shot on one of those um, who they could finish there without an injury to one of the other two than Chris Godwin, who in order to finish in that kind of wide receiver one territory is going to need an injury to Mike Evans or play absolutely out of his skin. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Like we've both just selected the wide receiver two from high power offenses, and then both just said, "Well, I'd take any three of the Rams wide receivers." <laughs> how does that work? How how are we willing to take all three of the the Rams wide receivers, but don't want the two in two high powered offenses? That's like crazy. It's pretty crazy. I mean, I, th- I think part of that is just we've seen what the Ram Rams do. Then they've got you know highly effective quarterback. They've got r- great running back and I mean that that offense just seems like it can plug any running back in and be effective and I think Sean McVay if you he just seems like he just knows what he's got in his players and makes them do what they're good at so um, as I was talking reception perception for Robert Woods if you look at where he is most successful and then look at the routes that he's asked to run you can pretty much mirror one on top of the other he is asked to run where he's successful where he's best is where Sean McVay puts it. And that, you know, coaching does matter. For sure. We've only got to look at Jeff Fisher a few years back with the same squad. Well, not, you know, relative pieces, but in the same same place. They, they were terrible. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks are used in the way that they're good at as well. And then if you put all three of their reception perceptions together, you just get like this gold win style sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, I haven't looked at those two in, in, in depth too much, but... The thing is, they all occupy different parts of the field, so there's no, they don't really eat into each other's production. No. So yeah, it's really, it's really impressive what they've done. Yeah, I mean, if Cooper Cup's fit and plays all 16, and the, the amount of red zone targets he got last year was absolutely frightening. I think before we got injured, he was the wide receiver too. So, you know, he's only got to have 16 good games, and he's definitely up there in top 12. Yeah, I mean, just to quickly divert, um, I mean. This is one of the reasons why I'm really confused why everyone's really down on Jared Goff. I mean, we're talking about three wide receivers in the top five rounds and a running back who's, you know, in the first or second round, depending on your risk appetite. And then yeah, people are down on Jared Goff. And I'm like, how can real. you be? Let's be real. <laughs> Todd Gurley, all right, he's got arthritis, but they knew about it. And yeah, like, but then he might have had pain in his knee. The arthritis might not have been the problem. They, everybody's claiming that. But, you know, I've got... A, I've had the same procedure as he's got and I have knee troubles from time to time and maybe it just happened to be at the end of last season he was having knee trouble but he can be Todd Gurley of old with the arthritis. I mean, yeah. if, if he is, it's absolute gold. If you can draft him in the second round, it, it's a bargain. I mean, there's yeah. nothing to say that he will but if he does, hello. Right. Yeah, exactly. My third. This is my tight end and I felt a little mean doing this. <laughs> I did say on the pod the other day with Elliot that I would take Fan over Hawkinson, and I'm doing it again because I think Hawkinson's ADP is currently way too high. He's currently going at the 12.9, 13th tight end off the board. Let's be real, a rookie tight end bordering on the tight end one conversation. That's it's just it doesn't happen. In fact, it, it's only happened twice in the last 15 years. Evan Ingram did it in 2017, but then Beckham, Brandon Marshall, and Sterling Shepard all got injured, and then John Carlson. Anybody know who he is, really, in 2008? They're the only two tight ends who have topped 600 yards in their rookie seasons. I just think where he's currently going, you're asking too much from a from a team in the Lions who want to predominantly run the ball and don't really use their tight end effectively like we saw with Ebron. That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, just opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. And I think 
TJ Hawkinson isn't going to be able to get the target share that you want from from a tight end. Um, I mean, outside of those top kind of couple of tight ends, you are looking for a touchdown or bust. And I would say that you've got you've got a higher opportunity of touchdowns for you know, Mark Andrews, Greg Olson, Jordan Reed, who's quite far away from you know uh, later, sorry, uh, and Jimmy Graham. Both of those guys are you know veterans who they might not be sexy, but they've they've got good touchdown upside any any given week. And yeah, as you say, I just don't think I can't see it. I can't see a rookie tight end stepping in and just being this elite pass catcher that everyone thinks he's going to be. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's now moved on fantasy pros. He's now moved up to number 12 overall. So just, you're talking 25 picks. I mean, we mentioned Noah Fant. I like him a lot. Murph's quite high on him. Jordan Reed, Greg Olson, Noah Fant, Jimmy Graham, Mark Andrews, Kyle Rudolph, Jack Doyle down at 182, the 22nd tight end. Just When Jack Doyle was on the field, Eric Ebron was pretty irrelevant. So I think oh, I'd take all of those players over TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. We, you know, we've agreed on everything, Rich. Are we going to agree on everything? That's a really big tongue twister there. I don't know. Um, but I'm going to move on to my next one, which is tight end. And you actually just mentioned him. So it's Eric Ebron. The reason why I don't like him this season is I just, he was, he was too good last season. And that's what everyone seems to be buying. I mean, he's he's been drafted in the seventh at start of the seventh round, and you're talking about a guy who had an outrageous touchdown rate. I mean, he was getting so I've got his reception touchdown rate is twenty percent, which means every one of the five targets uh, receptions he had, sorry, was a touchdown. That'd be nice if it happened more often. It's not. It's, it's so unsustainable. It's unbelievable, and. Um, that you know those those receptions those those yards they're not they're not game changers and the only reason why he was fantasy relevant was that touchdown number and that's that's what I've got most concern about I mean touchdowns they're not they're not set in stone and the Colts have just added Devin Funchess now does he take a couple of touchdowns probably Jack Doyle finished the year on two touchdowns does he score more than that probably so yeah. Paris count, yeah, but I'm I'm just talking about red zone weapons, let alone field stretchers. Yeah, for sure. So you've got, you know, if you if you, if you take away four for Devin Funchess and another three for Jack Doyle, now all of a sudden he scored six touchdowns, not thirteen, and it becomes a very different conversation with that yardage total. Yep. So I just don't really, really don't like it. I mean, if I'm looking at if I'm if I'm on the board at seven, I'm looking at guys around him. So Latavius Murray, I can get as a running back, Christian Kirk as a wide receiver, Austin Eckler running back, Miles Sanders running back. All of these guys I'm, I'd much prefer to draft than Eric Ebron. Yeah. What about Jared Cook? Would you rather him over Eric Ebron? Um, I think it's close. I mean, I so Ben loves him this season uh, and I think he's kind of talking me around with him. Um, so Jared, Jared Cook is... Yeah, I mean, I, I can see it. I mean, the only, the only I do have a slight reservation with him in that, you know, we saw him in Oakland last year where be effective, but who else was in Oakland that had any kind of iota of talent? I mean, that team was pretty terrible. Yep. Um, and so I'm wondering if that actually kind of inflated his his opportunity. Um, I do I do think he's good. I mean, and any offense that's led by Drew Brees is going to be effective, but. I think in, in the red zone, you've got Michael Thomas and Avon Kamara, Latavius Murray. These are the guys that are going to get lent on, I think. Jared Cook could be a, a good tight end, but I mean, in this range, in this seventh round, I'm looking at Vance McDonald, or I'm just going to punt it and pick up Trey Burton or um, Jordan Reed or Jimmy Graham or something like a lot later. For sure. For sure. I think, yep, we're agreeing on that one as well. I think Jared Cook, there's a chance he's Kobe Fleener. In New Orleans, I just think that there's a distinct possibility that could happen. Yep. Right. My last one is a quarterback, and it's Russell Wilson. I Last year, I said that Tom Brady was going to be the 14th fantasy quarterback. And everyone, you know, I think I was a bit low on him. 
but he turned out to be either 13 or 14 or 15. He was right around where I said he was going to be. And I think Russell Wilson finishes this year outside of the top 12. Last year's touchdown percentage rate was crazy high. I, I think it was like around Pat Mahomes' level, and that's not sustainable. There's, Tyler Lockett was pretty much perfect throughout the entire year. He didn't have his general who, in Doug Baldwin, who he's normally had. But Tyler did play without Baldwin last year, but that is not going to repeat. DK Metcalf's going to take away some of the long game. And wide receivers who only normally average 60 receptions don't tend to be in the top 12. So I think taking that number off of Russell Wilson, their O-line is absolutely terrible. He's currently going above Carson Wentz. Cam Newton, Jared Goff, Kyler Murray, Jameis Winston, even Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson, I would probably take over Russell Wilson just because of the upside. I think they're just, I'm really scared that Seattle are going to try and run the ball so much they get themselves into a negative game script that they can't throw themselves out of and Russell Wilson becomes irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, one one thing that was quite unusual for him last season, yeah, he had that hyper-efficiency with Tyler Locker. I mean, I think... I seem to remember he had a perfect quarterback rating passing him the ball, yeah, which is just not that's nuts for as many targets and receptions. Um, the one the one thing that really stuck out to me when I was when I was kind of standing up players was the fact that Russell Wilson played all sixteen games, but only rushed the ball sixty four times for three hundred and sixty ish yards and no touchdowns, which is. Very unusual for him. I mean, normally you're talking more attempts, normally 500-ish mark of rushing yards and normally a couple of rushing touchdowns. So him not to get a rushing touchdown, I'm not sure if it will completely balance out against that, um, against the, the regression that will come going towards Lockett. So I, I, can see a, I can see a world where he's not in that top, top, um, top couple, uh, top 10, sorry. Um. I think that's because when you when you get from like eight to you know eighteen, it's really close between those guys. I mean, I think I I think for me when I'm when I'm looking at the quarterback position, I'm looking at Mahomes, Watson, Luck, Rogers, Ryan, who I really like, and then outside of that, I'm literally just classing them all as streamers. No one's going to be undroppable for me, and. I'm just going to look for the best value. So, I mean, I'd, I think I'd rather take Jared Goff, who's a couple of spots behind Wilson. Yeah, for sure. I don't hate that strategy. Okay, Rich, hit me with your last one. Who have you got? Kareem Hunt. Oh, interesting. Okay. Now, I really, really... If you can talk me out of this, then that's great. But I, I cannot understand... I don't know where I sit on Kareem Hunt, so I'll try it if I feel like I can. <laughs> so let, let's let's put the whole like social issue what he's done outside of football to one side because that's that's one thing. This is a completely other. I don't understand how we're taking someone in the middle of the eighth round who is going to be banned for six games. Eight six isn't games? it? Is it six eight? or eight? I can't remember. I'm gonna have to check this. But then he's got his bye week as well. So you're talking. That yeah, he could he could win you a, f- a fantasy playoff, but are we expecting him really just to be fit and then immediately just patted on the back? Yeah, you're the starting running back. I I don't see a world where that's going to happen. And I think Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb's an effective running back. And this is and this is where this is where I'm really confused because I think Kareem Hunt is is effective. Now he was effective in Kansas City, but most people are effective in Kansas City. I don't know why I'd be drafting him in the middle of the eighth when I could get, um, yeah, some of these some of these names I'm going to say now they're not they're not sexy, but it is what it is. You can get Royce Freeman, yes, Donald Jones, Adrian Peterson, you know, a couple of rounds later you can get Carlos Hyde, Alexander Matheson, and these are guys who could have the potential to play 16 games. Oh mate, you can, even Jarek McKinnon, he's an unknown at the moment. Damian Harris, he's an unknown. If Sony's knee blows yeah. up. But the, but the thing is, these are all guys who have the potential to play 16. I'm drafting someone in the middle of the eighth who has no potential to play 16. And I know you guys have this whole you know, rule of rule of 16. Uh, so, sorry, yeah, he's, he's going to be suspended for eight games. And then rounds no, of... He's, he's suspended for eight plus his bias, so he's not playing... Yeah, so, he's, so you're nine weeks, and you're thinking those, those early weeks are so much more valuable than the late, 
the later ones. Yep. Because if you if you draft him, you have to hold him on your on your roster. You have to. So then you just burn a bench spot which could be used for the new you know last season Philip Lindsay was the, the huge wave of wire pickup and if you missed out on that then you missed out. George Kittle was the same. I just think you you cannot afford to be burning bench spots really early in the season. That's when that's when it will be decided if you're not in the playoffs or or if you are. If you're in the playoffs then great. You held on to him and he might be able to, to get you something going at the end of the season. But I'm just not taking that gamble. No, I completely agree. I mean, it's interesting on Fantasy Pros, his ADP currently is 101, but his uh, expert consensus ranking is 155. So the experts over at Fantasy Pros are 55 places lower than his ADP, which yeah. just that there's no point in drafting him at all in redraft. Yeah, I mean, if you if, on Fantasy Pros, the expert note from Mike Taglier, who is a great, great fantasy analyst and great fantasy follow. He, the opening line of his note on him is, there's no easy to put this, do not draft Hunt in your redraft league, redraft league this year. It doesn't matter if he's in the 13th round, let someone else take on that burden. Yep. I know we own him in a couple of places, but that was because we got him super late and we felt our starting roster was really strong and that we could ride till the time he comes back and then if he's firing for the championship, we've, we've got ahead of the waiver wire curve, but Normally, I would completely agree with you and say just and tags just don't bother because he's burning a roster spot. Yeah, I think we might actually own him in dynasty, which is slightly different. But for redraft, stay the hell away. Yeah, I mean Nick Chubb is not bad. I mean he he nearly rushed for a hundred a thousand uh, a thousand yards despite not even starting a game until week seven. You know this is this is a good running back. It's not it's not that he's some Joe Schmo, and as soon as Kareem Hunt's fit, he's just going to step in. Yeah, and also they got one of the best change of pace third down backs in the league in Duke Johnson just filling in for stuff that Chubb can't or gets rested for. So, Exactly. I mean, we keep saying it, opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. I don't see it for Kareem Hunt, so I don't know why you draft him in where, where he's going. Well, he's got no opportunity for nine weeks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's, that is straight up the worst opportunity you can have, no opportunity. Rich, that was eight players and we agreed on all eight. I'm starting to think this relationship is going to be pretty good. Yeah, I'll, I'll message Murph and say, don't bother coming back. Yeah, although if he does and he comes back from somewhere that makes good tea, let's uh, wait till he drops the tea off before, before giving him the uh, elbow. Good shout. No, Murph, we love you, man. We uh, hope you're enjoying your time off. And uh, if you do listen to this, thanks for listening. Rich, we've had one good review this one. We've had a five-star review, I should say, not one good, because then people think we get bad ones. Haven't any bad ones, but we've had a five-star. And it reads... Top NFL fantasy podcast. Finally, a fantasy podcast with interesting and funny hosts. Always an interesting and easy listen. Thanks, guys. And that's from IT Hayes. Appreciate that review. Uh, Rich and I, no, I'm joking. Murph, Rich, me, Lee, Stu, we, we work really hard at this and we appreciate all the reviews you guys are doing. Um, head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk. Check out the website. The entry to the FFCC is over there. Follow us on Twitter at Five Yard Rush. It might be slightly cooler in the coming weeks because Murph normally runs the Twitter and I'm going to take on the mantle and I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. So take it easy with me, shall I say it that way. Um, Rich will be seeing, hearing a lot more of you in the coming weeks because this is, as I've said, going well. And I think you have somewhat of an announcement to make. Yeah, so um, we we launched the UK Fantasy League um, earlier this season and that was great. We were blown away by, by how much demand there was for this. So we ran it with 240 people and we're just, we're just open, opening up for signups now. So if you head over to kingfantasysports.com forward slash UKFL signup, then you'll see the, the page where you can give us your details and... Um, and yeah, it should be it should be a lot of fun. I mean, filled it out pretty quick um, this season. We're hoping that we can fill it out some more uh, next season. And if we get enough numbers, then there's no reason why it can't grow. For sure, man. Well, I'll put a note in the show notes with the link and we'll direct people over there. There'll be a link to the FFCC as well. Do you want to give out your Twitter handle, Rich? I know you're a sort of a member of the family now and a bit of the furniture, but might as well get you some love. So yeah, so you can find me at uh, richkingff. And I'm always happy to to engage in a Twitter chat about fantasy football or or anything really. So 
He loves a spreadsheet. The boy loves a spreadsheet. But if I you do, do love a spreadsheet, one, make sure it's you know in the right sort of format and stuff, or it'll just be moaning at you over the. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say. So if you, if you need um, if you need some tools to help dominate your draft, then you know, we've got you set at kingfantasysports.com as well. So you guys can use the code five yard and that'll get you ten percent off your order. So we've got draft boards. We've got my projections workbook, which was a labor of love. Um, got cheat sheets, got everything you need to, to help dominate your draft this season. Amazing. Love that. And uh, yeah, like I said, Rush Engineer will be in the show notes. One last thing I would like to shout out Vegard Breken Jensen uh, from Norway. I imagine, I imagine I've absolutely butchered your name, Vegard. I'm really sorry. Uh, it's at Breken, uh, B-R-3-K-K-E-N on Twitter. And he says, I'm from Norway, a small town east of Oslo. Started listening to your podcast after hearing about it on the fancy black book with Joe Peter Pia. Appreciate the love, man, all the way from Norway. Norway, Murph's been there, loves it. And uh, it's good to know we're probably international, so appreciate the love. But Rich, until next week, mate, this has been an absolute pleasure. Appreciate your time. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to come on. And uh, we'll chat in the week. Murph, I know you're listening, mate. All the best. And to the rest of you, Rush Nation, as always. And until next week, don't forget, keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 